Well, good morning, everyone. This is the day that the Lord has made, and we shall rejoice and be exceedingly glad in it. I'm Anthony Moore. I serve as the senior pastor of Carolina Church. It is my privilege and honor to serve them and to serve you even on the day. You happen to be on the Carolina prayer call line, and I'm honored to um, have you as an audience. Thank you for allowing me to speak into your lives even on this Wednesday morning. And I want to be intentional and very specific as I challenge you as we continue to grow in the Lord. It is um, today, I want to talk about us making God a priority. I want to talk about us making God a priority in our lives not something that we, in fact, do just to, in fact, um, say that we did it to check off one thing off off of our schedule, but to literally make him a priority in our lives so that everything that we do um, centers around the fact that he is the core and the center of our lives. Um, So the question that I've raised today and that I want to challenge you with is, What does putting God first um, really look like? What does it mean when we say we're putting God first? I think you all will agree with me that it is common to hear believers say, I'm putting God first, or to even tell others and counsel others to make sure that God has first place in their life. Um, it's those kind of inspections that uh, we're used to um, hearing and saying. um, And if we're not careful, we really run the risk of saying saying things out of a um, cliché-ish kind of um, moment. It's more cliché-ish than anything. There's nothing more trite Um, about the idea of putting God first um, than to have some persons who say it just to be saying it, not understanding that that particular concept and principle is completely biblical. It's completely biblical. Everyone has priorities. We arrange our schedules and our budgets even our relationships according to perceived importance. Putting God first means that we give him top priority over everything else. I, I, I lost you all. I, I'm going to get you again. When we talk about putting God first, um, it literally means that we give him top priority over everything. He is the principal figure in our lives and central to all we do and all that we think. That when we choose to put God first, when we choose to put him first, we determine that he's more important than any other person. His word is more valuable than any other message. And his will is weightier than any other imperative. When we put God first, number one, we determine that he's more important than any other person. Number two, 
that his word is more valuable than any other message. Number three, his will is weightier than any other imperative. So putting God first means that we keep, we keep the greatest commandment. That's what, when we, when we say, I'm putting God first, that we're keeping the greatest commandment. Here it is. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. That's, that's what Matthew 22, um, verse 37 tells us. So in Matthew 22, verse 37, if we go put God first, then what we're doing is we're keeping the greatest commandment. That's what Jesus says unto us. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all of your mind. In other words, y'all, we're totally invested in our relationship with God. Everything we have and everything that we are is devoted to him. We hold nothing back. So putting God first means we keep our lives free from idolatry in all of its forms. And that's, that's, that's what I want you to hold on to, y'all. If we're putting God first, that literally means we keep our lives free from idolatry. Idolatry in, in all of its forms. We, we, we're putting God first. Putting him first. Idolatry. Idolatry. Let me, let me help you all with that for a moment. Idolatry. But the definition of idolatry, according to Webster, is the worship of idols or excessive devotion to or reverence for some person or something. That's what an idol is. It is the worship of idols or excessive devotion to or reverence for some person or thing. An idol is anything that replaces the one true God. And the most prevalent form of idolatry in Bible times was the worship of images that were thought to embody the various um, pagan entities that um, that that they had in that in that particular day. That's what idolatry is. In First John chapter five, verse twenty-one. Is what it says in First John chapter five verse twenty-one. It says, "Little children, keep yourselves from idols. Keep yourselves from idols. An idol is anything that replaces the one true God in our hearts." Um, over in Judges chapter six, verses twenty-five through twenty-seven, um, as Gideon was demolishing the altar of Baal chopped down the Asherah pole, another um, god, another another idol. Um, there in, in, in Judges, we, we hear, we hear, we must kind of hear the tear, must hear tears from, from our, our heart, our, our God's heart, um, because he felt he was being restored, being restored back to so that's in Judges chapter 6, verse 25 through 27. We must tear from our hearts anything that lessens our devotion 
or reverence of God. We kind of tear from our hearts anything that lessens our devotion to or reverence of God. And as Gideon built an altar to the Lord to replace Baal and Asherah, as Gideon built that altar to the Lord, um, I determined that we've got to dedicate ourselves as living sacrifices unto God. We've got to we've got to commit ourselves, dedicate ourselves as living sacrifices to God in that way, so that we demonstrate that we are putting God first, putting God first. So putting God first means we keep our lives from idolatry in all its forms. Let me give you a note and I'll leave you alone today. Putting God first means that we must, that we, that we strike, um, 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 or we strive. Putting God first means that we strive to follow in the footsteps of Jesus. That's a good way to say it. Yeah, we putting God first means that we we strive to follow in the footsteps of Jesus. You know, Jesus's life was characterized by total submission to the Father's will, to servicing or serving others, uh, to pray, to be in prayer. Um, in the garden, when Jesus was faced with the unthinkable agony, Bible tells us he prayed. This is what he said, not my will, but yours be done. Not my will, but yours be done. In Luke 22, verse 42, he fell down, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And that's putting God first, you all. Jesus' words and his actions and doctrine all came from the Father. He glorified the Father in every detail of his life and accomplished all that he had been sent to do. Putting God first means that we strive to follow in Jesus' footsteps. That's why he taught us in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. He felt, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these other things will be added unto you. Yo, that is, that we are to seek the things of God over the things of the world. We are to seek the salvation of that is inherent in the kingdom of God, considering that of greater value than all of the world's riches combined. The promise associated with the command that I read to you in Matthew 6, 33, is that if we are putting God first, he'll give you everything you need. That, that's, that's the best way for me to tell you all this in the end this here, you all. If, if we, if we, if we are seeking to put God first, the promise is he'll give us everything we need. 
That's a good way to lend this, y'all. I'm trying to help you. If if we would put God first, the promise of God's word is, I'll give you everything you need. I'm talking to some people on this call, even though this morning, who need something from God. May I challenge you. Rearrange your priorities. Make God first. And here's why. If we're putting him first, he'll give you everything you need. Because he is the source, not a resource. If I have the source, he can provide me with everything I need. Let me thank you for your time today. And I look forward to meeting you here next week. If the Lord delays his coming, I'll be here next Wednesday. And we'll continue in our going further in understanding God and what God wants us to do. I need to ask you all, excuse me, to pray to help me today to intercede on behalf of some persons. I need your prayers. I need your prayers today to help to intercede. Today I'm going to ask you all to help me lift um, Brenda Wallace in prayer. We want to pray for Brenda Wallace. We want to pray for Dion and Glenda Coleman. The transitioning of their loved one, Stacy. We're praying for Stacy. I'm praying for Stacy's son, Michael, who is going to be um, having to make decisions and get through the remainder of his life without the presence of his mother. So, if you all would pray, I want to pray for Crystal Hale and in the birth of her newborn praying for crystal and the newborn and the father we lift them in prayer on today lift them in prayer we're praying today for uh, emma oaks and um we're praying for pastor stephen um tucker and reverend harold brinkley Praying for Christy Thielen and Garen, her husband, and we're lifting them in prayer today. Praying today for Sister Mary Davis, Deacon Evelyn Mack, Sister Martina Baxter, Associate Pastor Talia White. We're praying for healing in the body of Velda Jones and Marcella Balcom and Brother Larry Thomas, Sister Gaylene Musgrove, we continue to lift in prayer. I'm praying for you on today and for the names of persons that I don't have that I would love to have called out today. We're lifting them in prayer, lifting you in prayer. Father, in Jesus' name, we are 
so grateful that you saw fit to touch us with a finger of love and to awaken us to see a new day. It's a day we have never seen before and we will never see again. We refuse to take your gracious, benevolent blessings for granted. We refuse, God, because we already recognize you didn't have to wake us up, but you did. And we refuse to take it for granted. We already know, God, that we didn't have to wake, awaken with eyes that allowed us to see, with ears that allowed us to hear. We didn't have to get up this morning with the activities of our limbs. But Lord, you gave us the opportunity. And so we want to pause before we ask you for anything, to thank you for what you have already done. And it's still early in the morning. We thank you, God, in advance for the hedge of protection that you will place around us on this day. We thank you in advance for how you're going to provide our children and our grandchildren purpose and identity and protection and provisions. We, we thank you, God, how you're giving unto them your presence and how you even are protecting them from seen and unseen dangers. Thank you, God, in advance for what you're doing, for what you're going to do. God, we thank you for the needs that are yet being met, for the direction that is yet being needed. We thank you, God, because we understand that, Lord, you ought to be our top priority. And so, Lord, we're not trying to fit you in our schedule. We're not trying to fit you in our budget. We're not trying, God, to fit you in our lives. God, you are number one. We're not trying to fit you in our relationships, God. We want everything that we have to center, that you be the center, and that it will come as a result of where you are in our lives. I pray for those on this call on this morning. God, meet their needs. For those who've sent in prayer requests, God, meet their needs. God, hear us. You said, God, that we could ask and it shall be given, that we could seek and we shall find, not and the door shall be opened. And so, Lord, we come to you today, believing that as we make you first, God, you're supplying every one of our needs. Hear our prayer in Jesus' name we pray, and all the people of God. Say amen.
God bless you all. And listen, have a great day on purpose. On your mark, get set. Let's grow. See you next time. Love you much.